Giovanni and the Higher Guns, courtesy of 1025 The Bear to get the podcast started. My name's Aaron Rollins. I think that's the name of that band, Giovanni and the Higher Guns. That's Ramon Ayala is the name of the song. Um, this is Third, Southeast Third. I'm your host. We're live and ad free. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, that band is pretty new to me. I don't really, uh, this is the only song I've ever heard them sing. Um, that's mostly because I just listen to the radio. I'm, I'm not one of those types that's like all cool and hip and listening to stuff that's not on the waves and, you know, digging deep, doing those deep dives for different songs. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I just like stuff that sounds good, man. I don't care if it's rock, rap, hip hop, country music. My, um, my tastes have changed over time. I just, uh, I just like stuff that I can that that moves me that stirs me up you know i don't just listen to it to listen to it uh you know like alan jackson's daddy let me drive you know when i uh when, <laughs> when i jacked up my car and um i tried replacing the spark plugs but i put them in the wrong sequence they they had them numbered but the numbers had faded over time and so when i took them out i thought they were still there but i couldn't see them when uh when i was replacing them so i replaced them in the wrong sequence and it fucked it up I mean, we tried everything we could to fix that that bastard. But anyway, when when the car broke down, it was my old Ford Escape. Um, you know, I just played that song, and it really, really brought back a lot of memories and some strong feelings to that car. I had that car for so long. I lived in it. It was my home. You know, it was the the longest. Um, the, the, I bought it. I bought it with my money that I got from uh, the loan I took out to go to school. I bought it from a classmate that I was going to school with, and. I kept it for like seven, eight years, kept it running. And I mean, I, I've been through so much shit with that car. <laughs> I was working as a newspaper deliverer um, after I got out of jail. And uh, I remember I was driving that sucker on my route. And um, you know, a lot of people don't know how that works. Um, I can break that down for you. So. The place I worked for was the Waco Distribution Center for the Waco Tribune and Herald. And I was, a, I was a carrier is what they call it. I carried the newspapers from place to place. And to make any money, you've got to you know, deliver like four or 500 newspapers. You just, you just do. You don't make your money on two, 300 newspaper routes. I mean, that covers your gas and maybe some food. Um, and you'll, you'll barely squeak by doing that. Barely. But if... You got to get your tires changed. If you've got to uh, get your brakes, brakes, your brakes replaced. If your car breaks down, you ain't got the money to handle that. You guys are just not making enough. So I started out doing that, and um, over time, like more and more people quit, or they fight get fired, or they're not showing up for their job. So I start getting uh, more and more papers added to my route. It started out rough, man. I like the first day I went riding around. I was in someone else's car. I threw up because we were just break. He was driving so fast. And breaking, and and then taking off to the next house, and then breaking, and it was like, it was rough, it was rough, and um, anyway, I mean, he, the guy that I was driving with, he got the papers delivered, but then it turns out that he had some fraud going on, so he got fired. Um, anyway, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing this job, and I'm driving, you know, for a few months, I think, or maybe it was 
Yeah, it was cold. I, I know that. And it was definitely in the fall. So I... Right, okay. I'm trying to put all the memories together here. So it's in the fall. I want to say it's maybe, um, you know, November. Probably December. So maybe winter, actually. It's hard for me to remember. This, this is like six years ago. Um, no, longer than that. It's like eight years ago. So anyway, so it's... I'm driving this car and the gear selector um, starts to slip. I can't put it in gear. And, you know, I'm looking at all these reasons why that could be happening. Um, I thought, you know, it had to do something with a belt. I thought it had something to do with a flywheel. And I'm just thinking of all, all these different things. And no, I, I don't even know where to start. So when my car broke down like that and I, I, had, to, I had to put it in park and just leave it there, um, I left it outside in front of somebody's house and put a note on the windshield. Please don't tell my car. I'll be back for it. <laughs> um, it took me like uh, at least 24 hours to get back to the car. And as I'm trying to, to figure it out, um, I mean, that was a nightmare in itself because the newspapers I had, I had to figure out a way to get those delivered. And it's like you, you can't just, you know, sit on that and not deliver those newspapers because they'll be calling you saying, hey, you've got like 100, 200 people complaining that you didn't deliver their newspaper. What the fuck happened? And, um, you know, that they start taking that money out of your check if you... Anyway, that's that's the, uh, another side of the story. Uh, so it, my car's broke down, and I'm trying to figure out how to fix it. So I called up a friend of mine, and I was like, look, before I get started... Oh, hang on. Sorry, I had to take a call from my uh, girlfriend, Jamie. Oh, man. It's getting fucking draining. I mean, you know what? Now, I used to wonder... And I know this is kind of going off the rails here. I used to wonder why people don't like, you know, listen to what I'm saying. It's been happening at work here recently. And and I'm starting to realize it's exhausting. It's it's exhausting listening to other people's problems. Because you you hear how things are going. Um, you know, I, I explained my experience with the VA to some guys that are veterans. And they're like, you should have sued. You should have got a lawyer and said, hey... I just want my money back, but if you want a big payday, let's go after the fucking VA. And I, you know, at the time I didn't see all my options and I wasn't really ready to explore all that because I still wanted to be employed and I still wanted to work, but I wanted people to, to, to hear my issue and, and take it um, as an issue and not something that you could just sweep under the rug. And now Jamie's having problems at work because um, there's a lot of uncertainty and they need clarity on like certain procedures that they do, but they're not getting it because the person that, that's going to provide all of that isn't um, available. She's gone for like four days. So um, anyway, there's there's this all this tension and, and disagreement and, and stuff that they've got to clear up in their office where they work. And now uh, they're starting to become interpersonal issues with people that work there. And she's trying to tell me all about it. And I'm like, you know, when somebody's leaning into you like that, and you know more or less attacking you 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 got to be able to stand up for yourself and she said well yeah i did i asked her to get out of my office for a minute because i needed some time to myself to just calm down because i was getting overwhelmed it's like i can respect that because i get overwhelmed but it's like you know you you got to fucking tell them you got to tell them all the things that you're telling me and you don't have to do it verbatim and, and be like um how do you say you don't have to you know just unglue and come undone on them you can tell them it's like look I need answers. You need answers. I'm not getting them from you. 
you're just telling me that this is wrong and I can appreciate that because this is new for me and I need to figure it out. But what, what's happening right now isn't working, you know, and and in the moment, that's that's hard to think of those things, or at least it is for me. And I know it is for Jamie, too. But after she's had some time, you know, that's when you, you go to that person and you do conflict resolution. You don't just let it you don't leave it unanswered. You got to, you know, you got to tell them it's like this is this is really bothering me. This is a serious issue. Now, for me, what I did at work, uh, this was actually just recently and I'm I know there's going to be a conversation about this and I don't want to have it because I'm, I just feel like I'm being talked to like a child or an animal. I'm trying to be programmed and I, <laughs> I'm a little bit more developed than a child or a dog, all right, or at least I like to think so. And what I'm getting at work is that, you know, people are, are um, they're teaching me, you know, numerical values like press two, press three, and when to press two and three, you know, press two, enter, enter, and then press three, and then blah, blah, blah. And I, that's just a vague, you know, reference there. But let's say I'm trying to print a patient roster and they're just like, uh, so you get into this software and then you press these buttons. And I'm like, that doesn't teach me what or excuse me, that doesn't, that doesn't give me understanding for what I'm doing. That just shows me how to do it. And and that can be dangerous because, you know, if I come across a screen that's similar but not not exactly the same and I start going into stuff, I can I can make some, some changes to a person's record that's a, that can be a problem. And, um, you know, if, if I cause a problem with patient orders for like a medication or a treatment and we got to spend like an hour untangling that, you know, that person can get really sick or, or have to, you know, have an emergency situation come up because I did something wrong in the software because I don't understand what I'm doing, you know. And the, the difference between me and these people that are showing me what to do is they've been doing it for two or three years. Anyway, um, so what I know is going down is I've been having uh, – issues since I got hired back on and you know I told another guy that I used to work with like why did I fucking come back to this it's because I needed a job I, I wanted to work I, I needed the money you know um, but you know I'm looking at this and I'm like the benefits are great and the pay's okay but it ain't worth the fucking aggravation and the headache of having to go through all this again where I'm trying to get processed in and there's a problem with you know, getting my ID, which I need my ID. It's got a digital, um, not a digital, it's got a, uh, a microchip on it that allows me to, to access certain things that I can't access without it. And uh, I'm supposed to have gotten it, you know, a week and a half ago. And here I am, still don't have it. And um, I don't know when I'm going to get it because they're on back order and the people that are in charge of all this have so much going on that they don't keep up with it. Anyway, so, you know, the, the, normally when people get hired on, they go through this whole hiring process, this huge package package gets completed, they um, they have to go through all these steps, you know, you get set up with this, that, and the other, and they, they can spend like two to three days doing that, and there's usually not much of a problem, but because the VA is so big, and there's so few people doing the job, you know, your stuff will get overlooked, like when my benefits didn't get filed correctly. Uh, what's happening now is I get hired back on and they're treating me like a new hire because I'm a rehire um, and not like a transfer or something like that or a promotion up to a new department or whatever. Um, they're treating me like a new employee. So that meant that all my access had to get restored, 
well, that's been a problem for some people because I've got to get sponsored and people aren't sponsoring me and it's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a cog in the machine and so people aren't treating me like I'm a VIP or whatever. You know, the executives ain't got to worry about this shit. They're executives, so they, you know, as soon as they need something, it's Johnny on the spot. We go, what do you need, sir? Yeah, we can get that fixed. So as far as for me, I got to remind people, like I, I told my boss, hey, I need access to the website that allows us to uh, request time off for like leave or sick leave or whatever. And we can look at our leave balances to see if we're going to go in the hole or if we're going to owe money or whatever. And she's like, okay, we'll work on that. A week goes by. I was like, hey, I, I still don't have access to Vatox. She's like, oh, okay, I'll take care of that. And she does. She Later that day, she sends out an email. And people respond to that email. And I try following their instructions. And I can't. And, you know, this is all what I told my boss lady. I was like, I can't use any of this stuff. And um, I try explaining that in the emails when I tell these people, hey, I tried to do what you said, but it doesn't work. And the response was, um, talk to your supervisor. And my response was, I did talk to my supervisor. She's the one that started all this. And the response was, please continue to utilize your supervisory chain. And I like, I'm going, I told him, I said, I feel like I'm going around in a circle here. And um, so he responded back and tagged in uh, my supervisor and her supervisor. And apparently he's um, a senior level leadership for our role. And I'm like, first of all, I don't know why he's getting tagged in this. Second of all, I don't know why he's not just fixing it himself if he's a senior level leader. He should know how. He should know, know how to get this done. Because what he's telling me to do, I can't do. And I'm trying to explain that. And so he shoots that over to my second line supervisor, which is my boss's boss, or my supervisor's supervisor, however you want to word it. And he was like, hey, um, I don't like getting those guys involved in stuff like this because you know we should be able to handle it. And I'm like, okay, first of all, it's been taken care of. So I don't care what you have to say anymore after that. My problem's been addressed, which it's been over a week now. That it's been addressed so thank you uh second of all if he didn't want to get involved people should not have involved him and he shouldn't have given me instructions you're telling me that he can talk to me but i can't talk to him that's fucking that 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 feels like an insult in a way <laughs> right it's like a speaking to spoken spoken to type of attitude I, that don't fly with me no more i'm not in the military you don't have rank you have position and i could give a fuck you know, I, I do not care about that sort of approach. You know, if you have some sort of ability to influence my situation and fix it or resolve it, then I'm going to bug you until you do because what I've learned is that if I keep quiet about shit, it's not going to get fixed. I found that out about my health insurance and about other problems I had, my FMLA and all that other stuff. I'm going to push the issue because I've learned from this organization that if I keep quiet about it, it ain't going to fucking work. And so, you know, I made sure to be respectful because this guy's not, he's not picking a fight with me and I shouldn't be picking a fight with him. So I was like, okay, now that I'm more situationally aware, this won't happen again. I appreciate you taking the time out to explain all of this and handle this on my behalf. And that's what I said in the email. And I, I wanted to make it clear. It's like, look, I mean, you, you guys, he had to tell me that he looked back at it after he initially said what he said. It's like, okay, so that's a knee-jerk reaction of you being worried that I'm jumping over the chain and getting people involved that shouldn't be involved. You need to spend time and look at stuff. And I'm getting this problem from several people is that they're, they're just looking at a snapshot of what's being said. It's like, y'all got to stop that. Stop that and, and look at what's going on and read everything so that you're situationally aware. You need to be situationally aware. Just like me. 
You know, you, you can't have that double standard. It's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm not worried about what's going on with you until you bring it up. And then I'm going to tell you, uh, keep quiet and soldier on. No, no, fuck that. I need access to Vatos. Vatos is an important website, an important uh, tool that I need to be able to use. And if I can't use it, um, that's going to affect my job and how I work. So that's that becomes a you issue then instead of it just being a me issue. So let's keep that in mind. It's like, why the fuck am I having to explain this? Shit. And then yet here I am back in this fucking organization working again. Um, you know, and, and I'm trying to get clinical hours to observe there and having to go through that whole process. Apparently I'm past the deadline for that. So they're like, we're going to keep you on file. I was like, man, this is frustrating me because I used to work in this department. I've gotten permission directly from these people that I need to observe. I've talked to the executive of that department. He's the chief of medicine, Dr. Mansko. I've talked to him personally, you know, but I've got to go through this obstacle. I've got to go through this roadblock that's just slowing me down even further. And it's like y'all have got to make informed decisions rather than doing a programmed response. I'm seeing that with how I do my goddamn job. They're, they're just programming. And I'm like, that's that's not that's dangerous when it comes to patient care. You know, if you're just doing programmed response, you you do the wrong thing in the in a, in a certain scenario, you could send that person to surgery that doesn't need it, or have that person uh, escorted to to MRI and they don't need an MRI because you entered the wrong thing because you you're not understanding what you're doing. You're just repeating motions, and you know, I think the idea was that they're trying to eliminate human error. But that's, I mean, that's just impossible. You can minimize it. And the best way to minimize that is to, to give understanding to the people that are doing what you want them to do. And that's just my opinion. Fuck, it doesn't matter anyway, according to the people I work for. <laughs> U.S. government work at its finest, man. Oh, God. Long story short, I don't want to hear about your fucking problems because you don't want to hear about mine. <laughs> oh, thank God I've got listeners on this podcast, man. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Uh, I'm Aaron Rollins. This has been another fascinating episode of Southeast Third. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, I'm going to get home and eat this Taco Bell I just bought. Uh, yeah, God dang it, man. It's just more aggravation than it needs to be. And, you know, you can't affect these changes until you get put into a position of leadership and shit I ain't gonna do that I'm not getting no masters in public health or public or health administration or none of that hell no 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 have to babysit these people that are acting like kids and they're adults with fucking educations that used to matter that used to mean something that you had an education that you had a degree or a higher understanding and that's apparently not true because fucking looks like anybody can get a goddamn degree you know so and what, it, what it's been explained to me about these people that have been here longer than me, because we got a cat, um, he's a nurse that I was on a floor with working, and he, uh, you know, he's been at the VA for a while, and he, before the current director that we have at our location, and he knows how I feel about where I work, because I wrote a speech to the director, so he's, re he's read it. <clears throat> so, um, the cat before the one we got now, he uh, he wasn't even in there for like three years. Hell, I, I, was, I, I, was, I think I remember him saying he wasn't even there for two years. So he showed up. There was some fraud. There was some theft of property going on by employees at that location. And he showed up to figure it out and straighten it out. And he did. 
um, I, one example he gave was that this director had gotten a whole department together. Uh, it was around 20 to 30 people. And um, he had them wait for him in, a, in, a, in a, like a conference room or something. And they're all just standing around waiting for him to show up. And uh, this director shows up. And he's like, okay, so um, this will be quick. I need to know. I want everybody to raise their hand that completed this mandatory training, uh, yada, yada, yada. And one person raises their hand and the director says, okay, you can leave. He leaves or she or she leaves. He didn't say if it was a man or woman. That person leaves and um, everyone else that was still there, he's like, you have 30 days to find a new job within the VA or you're fired. You're not going to keep doing this job. Uh, and then he left. <laughs> and, you know, that he's the director, so he can do that. So um, I don't know what happened to those people, but that was his solution to the problem. And, uh, you know, two years later or maybe less, that dude was moved on to somewhere else or he got promoted up. I don't know what uh, the, the story was, but he did what he what he was expected to do. He made changes and he fixed issues. The director we've got now is, you know, just kind of following a playbook and coasting. And I mean, just for an example, fucking Rinovich. The nurse that fell asleep in the ED and slept in a patient's bed. You know, all the issues that come from that. I mean, he still has a job there. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break. You know, I just, oh, it's hard to wrap my brain around it. Um, And yet here I am back again for more punishment. So anyway, that's all I got for this episode. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, Get online if you can and check out Central Texas Rock Station. They got some good music there. Some new stuff has been coming up, like that Papa Roach song, No Apologies. Uh, I really, man, when I first heard that, I was like, wow, they did it again. And these guys have been making music over 20 years. And then that um, Giovanni and the Hired Guns, I thought that song was pretty good. It kind of took me back in time. And um, anyway, that's that's where I'm at with my music taste right now. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, if it's good, I'll listen to it. And it don't matter if it's jazz or piano classical music or whatever it's just as long as it's got a good sound man i'll turn it on um yeah hopefully you know we can all just take a chill pill and listen to some good music and calm down <laughs> uh, good luck with that shit so i'm your host this has been another exciting episode of southeast third i'm aaron rollins i'm signing out here please take care of yourselves drink plenty of water and uh, take a chill pill while you're at it all right Talk to y'all later.